So, rape. <laughs> um, do topics get um, more complicated? Or do, complicate, do topics get more simple? Is there anything worse than rape? Meh. Don't ask me stupid questions like that. Don't ask me questions like that because I can always figure out something, you know? Well, of course you could go to degrees of rape. Would I rather be raped or would I rather watch somebody torture my dog? I would probably rather be raped. I would probably rather be raped than watch somebody torture somebody I love. Why? Eh, because I'm arrogant, probably. Probably because I think that I can handle it better. That I'm more capable. Probably because I haven't been raped. You know? Would I rather be raped or murdered? I'd rather be raped. Would I rather be raped or put in prison for a year? I'd rather be raped. Well, you know, obviously we have to talk about the degrees of rape. We're not supposed to even talk about it at all, are we? We're just supposed to we're just supposed to go, "Oh, it's all bad." And uh end of discussion. Don't talk about shades of rape. Don't compare it to other things because we don't want to place we don't want to ever consider it on a value above or below anything else. It just needs to be known as ultimate evil. And when things are ultimately evil, we shouldn't compare them. But I do. I don't respond well to any kind of direction in my thinking. Well, actually, I do. <laughs> I respond very well to being told not to think and consider things. I just do. So I'm very easily manipulated in that way, you know, to a degree. I mean, you're not going to tell me not to jump off a bridge and then I'm going to go jump off a bridge. That's not going to work. But philosophically, if you tell me I'm not supposed to think something or if I'm not supposed to consider something or something's impossible or something's been settled and there's a definite answer, give me an absolute and I'll try to go in there and dismantle it. And I'll try to go in there and figure out the mechanics of it, mentally speaking. You know, how hands-on hands am I? Not very. Kind of a lazy motherfucker. I'd rather lay around and think and talk it out in my mind and consider all the options. You know, so when I'm told that I'm not supposed to talk about rape or laugh about rape or XYZ about rape, um, I'm going to do it anyway. And my guess is most of you are too. That's kind of the way a brain works, isn't it? Seriously, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Might be just my brain that does that. You know? Don't think about a donkey. Oh, Guess what? You all just thought about a donkey. Amazing how that works. You know? 
amazing the lack of control um, we have over people. I mean, don't think about a donkey. If I really don't want you to think about a donkey, my only chance in doing that is by uh, making you think about something else. (laughs) But if I bring it to attention, if I want to talk about something and then I want you to be cut out of the conversation somehow, or if I want to maintain special privileges and I, that I don't want to extend to you, it's just, it's not going to work out well for me. And probably not work out well for you either, because you'll just be frustrated. So rather than not talking about rape, we'll just talk about it. And why am I talking about it right now? Well, I made the mistake of watching a Netflix series yesterday called Unbelievable. Starts off strong. First episode, strong. Gets progressively worse and progressively more predictable and progressively more SJW and progressively more mm, cop drama, boilerplate, everything. And uh, I don't care about spoilers, so I'll just talk about it. And if it spoils it for you, too bad. It's art, whatever. Okay? It's not a big deal. But, um... It does bring up some good points, you know. It brings up, well, good points, I don't know. Let's, I'll, I'll spare that vocabulary. It, there is plenty of food for thought because the topic brings up good food for thought. Um, in the opening, there's a, a, a girl that's raped, a young girl that's raped, right? She reports it. Nobody believes her. She's kind of a shy girl. She doesn't know how to express herself. They're all doubtful of her story. She's also a a kid that's already been through hard times. She's a foster kid. She's been through many different homes. And she has apparently had lots of other problems. So nobody believes her. Turn, You know, we know, the audience knows it actually happened. Or at least we think we know. Because we don't know. We might be, with film, you might be looking into somebody's imagination. Not what really happened. Anyway, fast forward... Other people are raped by the same dude. This girl never was uh, believed. Um, They pressure her into false testimony, saying that it never happened because she doesn't want to deal with the bullshit, right? She's like, oh my God, I have to tell this story over and over again. Which is a very... That was the most compelling episode, is watching this young person, this young girl, um, and it could be anybody, any sex... People are raped all the time of all ages. And they did a good job doing that. Maybe maybe they overdid it by trying to do the uh, village people version, you know, of it. Everybody's trying to turn everything into the village people these days. You know, got to have one of each. Otherwise, we need, we need equality. Yeah, well, it's overbearing and annoying. Um, when they recast typical roles. So all the police, all the good police are women and all the bad police are men. It's Netflix. What are you going to do, right? But let's stick to the topics that are that are good. And that is, in the first episode, it's really hard to watch because uh, we believe that this woman has gone through, this girl, we don't know what age she is, but she looks like she's about, you know, 14, 15, right? And... Uh, she has to tell this story, what happened to her, over and over again, getting swapped, getting further violated. I, I think 
we've all imagined how terrible that is. Something bad happens to you, and then you have to tell it to cop number one, then cop number two, then the rape specialist, then a counselor, then you got to tell it to, you know, a nurse, then you got to write the testimony down over and over again. Meanwhile, people aren't believing you or they're questioning you, and you're in a state of mind. I've been violently attacked, you know. I've been the victim of violence before, and when you're in that state... It's, um, you're so filled with different kinds of thoughts, rageful thoughts, um, existential thoughts. Uh, You're not all, you're not your regular you. Before you've experienced uh, real violence, um, and after you experience real violence, you're not the same person. You just aren't. Your world has changed, your experience has changed, and now everything looks different, especially right after. So the first episode is really good at illustrating just how how crazy it is to have the law and strangers of any kind involved, let alone loved ones, you know? Because human beings, we have a tendency to want to go into denial. So, and I know I'm kind of like this. I'm not the best friend when it comes to telling me something terrible that happened because I'm also looking to make sense of something. It's hard to find somebody to just listen and believe you, you know. And that's obviously the political slant of this um, series is believe women, right? That's That's the slant. And so they were pretty good at directing your thoughts into that idea, you know. That's the argument, that's the direction that they wanted you to think, and they're pretty good at presenting a strong case for that, right? And uh, why not? Sure, believe women. What about the terrible women, as Bill Burr, Bill Burr said? It's, it's kind of a... It's just a bad premise, and I just kept thinking about it over and over. And and as the series got worse and worse, where it was just turned into basic crime, crime drama, I kept thinking about, what is the solution to that? Or is there a solution? There's always going to be bad people. There always is. And what happens is when you see, if you just stick with this first girl's story, the cops that don't believe her, they're, 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 they're asking questions. The foster families are not quite sure. Even if there's no witnesses, no nothing. So many people get dragged into the drama that you start thinking, wow, well, this isn't just her problem at that point. Because we do want to protect, especially uh, mothers and men, men want to protect mothers, mothers want to protect their children, men want to protect the whole deal. We are protective of our, believe it or not, people aren't all evil. Most of us step in if we see evil. You know, if we see somebody being attacked on the street, most of us um, want to do something about it, you know, whatever we can, depending, we measure the danger to see how far we'll go. Some people will go really far. The people we call heroes will really step in, and the people that will call 911, that's baseline duty, you know. But still, all those responders that have to come in, swabbing, you think that's a fun job, you know? 
swabbing the genitals of a young person who was raped, or an old person, or anybody who was raped. But yeah, when it gets into children, what a terrible job that is, you know? What a terrible job it must be for these cops, men and women. In this series, it was all women, because men don't care. But the women care, you know? That's I think they're trying to make that point pretty heavy-handedly, as I, I might say. As if cops don't care, as if cops don't have wives, mothers, and daughters. <laughs> as if all the wars in history haven't been fought to protect mothers, sisters, and daughters, you know. Anyway, um, the point is, is that kind of violence and that kind of terrible deed ends up dragging a lot of people into the, into the drama. And I guess that's, on the one hand, that's just part of mortality, right? We all sort of end up sharing in certain experiences to different degrees. Obviously, you know, there's no connection between that one and another one in Paris. You know, you could, you could make a connection if you wanted to, but you're stretching. But in the immediate surroundings of people directly connected, and of course this girl, you know, so she recanted her story. They didn't believe her. So she recanted, and then all the people that she had told in her support group, then they got mad at her because it came out in the news that she was a false accuser, and so she gets maligned in the community as being a false accuser. Everybody hates her guts, you know. Uh, to add insult to injury, the, the cops and the prosecutors decide to charge her with false reporting. In the end, it's all for naught. They find out that she was actually raped. They all feel badly. Uh, she gets a settlement from the city. And uh, she gets in her Jeep and goes on to greener pastures because she's got a couple hundred grand. Uh, which, weird ending, by the way. Ah, you'll be raped and then money will solve it. <laughs> you know, the female cops that listen to you and believe... But, uh, by the way, even in this series, spoiler alert... The female cops solved the rape, but they solved it on accident because the rapist had a camera and it had pictures of her on it. So, good for them, but they weren't really going after it for her. But yet they got a lot of credit, the thank you at the end, which is fine. I'm not complaining about that. But, but the point I'm trying to make here is that if you really just start thinking about this problem and really dissecting it, A, there's going to be a lot of bad things that are happening. How do you solve this problem? Do you, how do you magically get rid of rapists? Well, we already have laws against it, severe penalties for it. Rapists are the most hated in jails. You know, they are prisons are filled with rape, with rapists, um, and the other prisoners aren't nice to rapists, especially the pedophile rapists. They end up getting justice in jail by being murdered. You know, so we've got a system that's against it, despite what people want to say, that there's a rape culture. The fact is, is America is probably the, has less rape culture than any country on earth, legitimately, you know. Maybe there's a few monocultures that have less rape in it, you know. I don't know. I think there probably could be. I think when you have multicultural societies, you're going to more likely because to have a rape problem because certain tribes see other tribes as other, you know, less human. I don't know. 
I'm shooting from the hip here. But um, but when you dissect it, I just think, how do you control the actions of others? Well, you can't, really. It's hard to predict them. Without creating an overly authoritarian state, you can't. And so this is going to make a, a lot of you upset, but the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I realized that not only are you responsible for your own safety, but I think that the a good person, a good moral person, um, not only protects their own safety, they're not only looking out for their own safety and being very vigilant about their own safety, they are also being v- vigilant about the safety of those around them. And what do I mean by that? I mean they're preparing for it. They're not leaving it to other people. They're not, you don't go around feeling entitled to safety. And I know I can hear you. You're victim blaming, Merkley. I am not. I am not. Bad things are going to happen. And I hate, you know, I don't want to blame victims. But if we feel entitled to a completely safe existence on the planet, that somebody else must do the saving. Somebody else must keep it safe. Who? I don't know. Patriarchy? Cops? Military? Your brothers, your sisters? Who? Somebody. What's keeping you safe? You know? Well, people should just, shouldn't be bad. Duh. Got it. People shouldn't be bad. They are. How do you deal with them? Cops? Not very satisfactory. Counselors leave something to be desired. Even your own family members, they've got their lives to deal with too. Ultimately, it really comes down to the individual. You need to value your own life so much that you prepare yourself for what may come. Right? You're vigilant. You're not lazy. You don't take safety for granted. Um, You don't assume that somebody else, the government or something, the neighborhood committee is out there to keep you safe because you don't know what they're going to do. And you can't control what they're going to do. You can complain. You can sue them if they don't do it the right way. When those guys got sued and they felt bad in the end, it was okay that they felt bad, you know. And I'm glad they showed that, but they didn't dig in enough. They didn't want to do. They didn't want to screw up their jobs. And when the city paid for that mistake, who really paid? Taxpayers paid. The taxpayers were punished for not taking care of this girl. You know, maybe they should be. Maybe we should all be punished when any crime occurs. I think I might be proposing the idea that we all are punished when a crime occurs. No matter what, we all are punished. So how do you solve that problem? Do we enslave a bunch of men or a bunch of women cops? Do we say, oh, well, I saw this show on Netflix, so turns out women are better at saving people from rape, so let's enlist a whole bunch of women to, you know, as rape police. 
<laughs> Does that work or do they get lazy too? And are they self-centered? Maybe they don't think about boy rape very much. Ultimately, it comes back to you. What can you do? You know, what can I do as a human to ensure my safety as much as possible? Obviously, I can't guarantee it, but I can be prepared, right? You know where I'm going with this. You can hear me thinking right now. You're thinking, I'm saying that you should all buy a gun. I didn't say that. You said it in your mind. <laughs> but it's true. And uh, maybe you should. You know, maybe you should. Maybe that's the most, that's the cleanest, most efficient way. And there's other things too. Really being vigilant about your safety. It means not being, uh, taking for granted that others around it there will save you. For example, if you're drunk or you're high and you can't take care of yourself, you're, you understand that you're, you're not only risking your own safety, and of course the bad people shouldn't take advantage of you, but the bad people are out there. What's happening is, you, is you're passing your safety on to other good people, not just the bad guys, you know? And how is that fair to dish it off onto them? How is it fair to make yourself the burden of others? Maybe they just want to get drunk too, but they can't because they're too busy looking out for you. Is that how that goes? They don't get to. They have to stay vigilant for you. And are you feeling just entitled knowing that some people will do that naturally because they're so goddamn good that they will look after you? But isn't that kind of an entitled way of thinking? You know? And you're saying, yeah, but a gun's a bad, it's bad, it's a bad way to do it because uh, most guns are turned, most people die at the, at the end of the barrel of their own gun. If you don't know how to use it, it gets turned on you. Yeah, that can happen. Sure. But what if you know how to use it and you take precautions for that? You know, you present it, that's how you think through a problem. So you, you, you brought up a problem. How do you make sure that it doesn't get used? Well, of course, there's other things. Bear sprays. There's uh, ways you can lock your house up more. You know, precautions you can take. But you're victim blaming. Stop blaming victims. I'm not. I'm saying prepare yourself to not be a victim. And go further than that. Prepare yourself so that nobody around you is a victim too. But that's unreasonable. Is it? It probably is. It is. A lot of wonderful things are unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, It's unreasonable that I have to go to work. Ever. It's unreasonable that I have to pay a mortgage. It's unreasonable that I have to lift a finger for anything. It's unreasonable that I have to eat a healthy diet. It's unreasonable, goddammit. I should just be able to eat donuts every day. Because I want to. And I'm entitled. I don't know why I use donuts. I don't even like donuts. But chocolate. Constant chocolate. It's unreasonable that I shouldn't be able to. Most good things are unreasonable. They 
you know, to a, a person who doesn't believe in reason or who has a different idea of what reasonable is. But how do you get more efficient than taking care of yourself? And when I'm when I say that, I want to drive this home and get really ugly on this too. It's okay for certain people to be upset with victims. Okay, this is when I'm going super contrarian on you here. Let's get really into the devil's advocate. You're victim blaming. I was tricking you earlier and saying I wasn't. But I am. What if I am? How about we just go straight up victim blame? Let's go hardcore the other side. Victim, it's your fault. It is your fault. What do you mean? What do you mean? How dare you say that? Well, because you didn't take precautions. But I was asleep. How did he get into your house? He broke the window. Why didn't you have bars on the window? You know, drilling down, getting more unreasonable as we go. Because uh, bars on the window were ugly. Okay, so you put the aesthetics first, all right. Why do you live in a bad neighborhood? You know, why don't you have an alarm? Because cops. I shouldn't have to live like that. Right, exactly. And I shouldn't have to eat vegetables. But if you don't want to, here, let me just victim blame harder. Listen you here, you victim. Listen here, you know what happened? Now, you see what happened because of you being a victim? Do you see all these nurses that have to swab you? Do you see these cops that have to wonder about the rape? you see all these stories? How, how many times did you have to tell that story? Well, all those people had to listen to it. Do you think that's the story that they wanted to hear that day? Don't you think they'd rather be doing something else than working to solve your rape case? You don't think they have another thing to do besides running around solving your rape case? What else could they be doing? They could be at the park. They could be riding a pony. They could be playing with puppies. You know? They could be doing wonderful things. And that's not to say they don't get reward from helping you with your rape case because everybody knows that charity and that kind of thing is good and that can be fun and it can be mysterious and it can be exciting to, you know, sleuth and investigate, you know, stakeouts. Ooh, fun. Can be fun, right? Also traumatic a little bit. They got guns on their hips. They're on hair triggers. Who knows when they think they're going to get the wrong guy. You gave a description of the rapist. What happens when a guy comes close to that description and he's facing the end of a gun wrongly? You know? And this is because you allowed yourself to become a victim. Or you simply didn't. What? Where is the zero point? You know, where is the minimum effort? What is the minimum effort in keeping yourself safe? Um, of course, this gets really political because people who want power want you to dish off the responsibility to them. They want to take your ability to uh, uh, 
to protect yourself away from you. They want they don't only want to take your guns away, but they want to take away your pepper sprays. And they want to take away any kind of thing where you could possibly uh, protect yourself or use it against somebody else. They want to take it away from you and they want to say, your only option is to call the cops. And of course, then there's the whole problem of cops not being good enough at their job. And as if they could ever be good enough at their job. Even in a complete totalitarian state, then they just turn into the rapists themselves. They've got full power and you've got nothing. You ain't got shit. Because you took it for granted. You allowed them to scare you into it into shifting the responsibility to them. They tricked you into believing you were safe, but you're not. You're never safe. You should never, ever, ever believe that the world is a safe place because it's not. And you should never, ever, ever pass that responsibility onto somebody else or take it for granted. Because it's your responsibility. If you are blamed as a victim, if you become a victim and are blamed, sure, lash out and say, stop victim blaming. But you should victim blame yourself. Look in the mirror. What didn't I do? Where did I sell out my responsibility? Where did I feel entitled? You know, where did I screw up? Where did I trust an authoritarian? Where did I trust somebody selling me a bunch of bullshit? You know, who lied to me? And why didn't I, why wasn't I skeptical? Why didn't I meet the bare minimum standards of self-protection? You know? Why wasn't my door locked? Why don't I have an alarm? Why don't I have uh, a weaponry that I can use, you know, to prevent it? And not only that, let's let's even go further. Oh, you were raped, huh? Oh, you were a victim of a violent assault? I was. I'll, I'll turn it on me, okay? I was a victim of a violent assault in West Oakland. Lost, uh, was pistol whipped and lost three teeth, right? I was enraged. Um, I knew the cops weren't going to do anything. I spent uh, about a week driving around that neighborhood looking for the guy that did it, you know, because I knew he lived in that neighborhood. It's a young young guy, probably 18 or whatever, on a bicycle. And I thought, I'll find him myself, you know. And I looked, and I was committed to it for about a week. I didn't find him, and I got lazy. So I wasn't prepared. I was drunk when I was robbed, right? Going into a liquor store, buying booze for my friend whose birthday it was, wasn't paying attention to my surroundings. I was paying attention to her to try to make her happy on her birthday. Usually I'm more vigilant. I've got my eyes open, but instead I'm being a clown for her. And so I don't notice the store clerk and the patrons that are scoping me out. And I had a much bigger wad of cash in my pocket than I needed to have, you know? I didn't need to have a big wad of cash in my pocket like that. I didn't I didn't need to be drunk and I didn't need to be um lazy about or take my uh environment for granted. I was in the fucking darkest ghetto of uh West Oakland. And I'm not saying skin color by the way. When I say dark, I mean just depressed bad news liquor store. Middle of the night. Gangsters around, you know. Uh, 
And there you go. I was pistol whipped. And not only was I pistol whipped, but the people I was with in the car, they also were victims of that. Partly my fault, if I'm being honest. I didn't need to have that big wad of cash. I could have been paying more attention. I could have only taken the money out of my pocket, just the one bill to pay for the booze, you know. I could have I could have just not been drunk in the ghetto. I could have had a license to carry, you know, or I could have just been carried without a license, you know. I could have been protecting them. I could have gone to that party knowing I was going to a bad neighborhood and thought, I'm going to go keep these people safe. They're not in a safe neighborhood, you know. Not only should I have been protecting myself, but I should have been protecting them. It's a, it's about becoming a... It's about eliminating the burden you present to society and becoming an asset. That's really the only efficient solution. No other solution is efficient at all. It's all passing the buck. It all is. It's all a gamble. The only... The best bet you have is to say, hey, nobody will ever, ever care about me like I care about me. Nobody will, Nobody can take care of you better than you can take care of you. Absolutely not one person on the planet, no matter what bodyguard you hire, nobody is better at taking care of you than you are. And I'm just going to say, it is your responsibility to do so. This can be seen as being a bummer or it can be seen as a great epiphany. The bummer is that, fuck, now I gotta, now I gotta pay attention to that stuff. But the epiphany is, is it's very rewarding to have that amount of control over your existence and that amount of control over your life. And once you have it over your own life, to be able to have that kind of influence over the lives of others or to be able to protect them as well and pass on the good news. So, yeah, there we go. Um, this should, this is meant to inspire you, okay? Um, it's meant to empower you. All the other solutions don't really empower you because they all rely on some outside force that you can't ever control. You will never be able to control that. And by the way, this isn't all that bad. I'm not saying, you know, you need to turn into little uh, Sally Safety and never get drunk and never do anything and never, you know, I'm not saying you need to sell your motorcycle because it's not safe. I'm not saying you need to stop parachuting. Understand that there are risks that go with that. If you want to drink and if you want to live a loose and who cares? Well, when the time comes that that risk doesn't, work in your favor um, maybe just realize that that becomes between you and the perpetrator those are the people to blame there's two people you and the perpetrator and perhaps maybe some of the enablers of the perpetrator let's say he's got a gang of friends or a terrible mom go ahead extend it to them too but don't extend it to all these other people you know society at large you don't get to extend it to them as well you can try 
It's going to be mostly rejected by people. The only people that are going to accept that type of thing are people that are going to want to exert more power and control over you and take away more of your personal freedoms and decision making. So go ahead and take risks, but don't fucking blame anybody else besides yourself and the perps and the bad people that you get yourself involved with. That's the way I look at my situation in West Oakland, you know. First, it was mostly all blaming him and blaming the neighborhood, you know. But I had way more control over that situation. I could have had way more control, but I was lazy, right? I was lazy about my rape. And I know you don't want me to use that word. And I don't even want to use it myself. But people are using it so broadly these days. It's basically just crime. I was lazy about my violent assault. You know. So I'm using the term. That, that's how I feel about rape. In the broadest sense. It's your responsibility to root it out of society. By making sure. That you are prepared for a rapist to approach you. That you can take him down, prevent it, and prevent him from ever going on to raping anybody else. I believe in you. I believe you could do it. I believe that you can find a way to keep yourself safe. And you know what? Don't be afraid of considering getting married instead of dating until you're 50. Don't be afraid of taking yourself off the market. Don't be afraid of putting yourself in a safer place, like a nice home with a family. Oh boy, now there I've gone too far. Family life, no. Starting a family young instead of going out to bars in West Oakland. How dare you, Merkley? How dare you? Am I being fair? I think I'm being fair. I think I'm being goddamn fucking fair right now. If you don't think so, leave me a voicemail. Leave me a comment. Tell me where I'm wrong. Make a good argument. I'd love to hear it. Thanks for listening.